All of our guests are on the CarX hotline. Grab, 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 grabby, grabby, pulley, draggy, scrape, scrape, scrape. Don't worry, call the CarX man. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Glad that you're with us. Let us turn to a man that was there uh, last night, author of the new book, Slobberknocker, My Life in Wrestling, a WWE and NWA Hall of Famer, longtime voice of the WWE. It is good old JR Jim Ross, friend of the program, and he's with us here on ESPN 1000. JR, Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for your time. You bet, buddy. Anytime. Uh, Jim, um, tell us how it felt. We all watched it last night, and how did it feel to be back on Monday Night Raw with the King? Oh, it's great. You know, we had a lot of fun. You know, the, the, the for us and my visions of how the show was will be entirely different than I'm sure a lot of the viewers, folks that are in your listeners uh, as well. You know, we were there early. Uh, you know, one o'clock was our call time, and uh, it was just a, kind of a cool thing seeing all your old buddies, some of your peers, and and uh, gosh, you know, guys I hadn't seen in a long, long time. So. I think the older we get as human beings, the more uh, those opportunities mean. So it was kind of like a family reunion of sorts, class reunion, something like that. <laughs> and uh, it was fun. It was, a, it was a fun. It was really fun even before we went on the air. Now, you know, you build the anticipation for a live show. It's a different ball game, but uh, I, we had a good time. And, and uh, I really appreciate the fact that we got invited back and had the confidence to, to let us uh, you know, do something on the show, which uh, we really appreciate. I think I can speak for Jerry in that regard, Jonathan. It was just a, it was a fun experience, you know. And uh, you know, I wish. Uh, I, it seems like a lot of people liked it. Uh, the ratings I hear were really good, over four million viewers. Mm-hmm. So you know, all in all, buddy, good, good, good night, good, good time to be in, uh, in the wrestling business. That's for sure. Well, Jim, in this situation, it's three hours. And you just can't, and I just mentioned before we punched it up, it is difficult to try to get 25 years of memories in a three-hour show. I, you, it's impossible to do that, especially when you're serving two masters. You're trying to serve the nostalgic and talk about what was great uh, over the last 25 years of Raw, and you're trying to push a pay-per-view, for God's sakes. It's, it's, it's Royal Rumble, so you can't, you, you're trying to split that as, as best as possible. What was the feedback uh, for, for how impossible this was to put together? Well, I, you know, heck, I, I, I really don't know what the, the general consensus was. You know, I think I can speak for a lot of the guys that were there, talent, that, uh, like me, they had fun catching up with everybody, taking selfies and having fun and, and uh, you know, it's just a, a cool thing. The whole fraternity is a cool thing. But, you know, I got up this morning at uh, 5 o'clock a.m. and, uh, I was 12 hours traveling from New York to Oklahoma because of delays on good old American Airlines. So um, I haven't heard a lot. I've I, I tried to catch up some on social media today, but the travel has just been horrendous. And uh, you find out how weak you are as a human being when you walk into a room and there's no Wi-Fi. It becomes a panic zone. It's funny. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's just, we, had, we we grew up and not and not used to it and didn't have it, and now we need it. Yeah, exactly. And and we don't know what to do without it. You know, that's that's the funny thing. So, uh, you know, I, I had fun. It was a good day. The 
good to be back in the old venue. We stayed in the uh, Wyndham, New Yorker, which is attached to the uh, venue. Uh, you know, it just it worked out. The, the logistics of that were good. Uh, gosh, I don't know what to say. I, you know, the I'm sure there's. I've read online where some people have were wishing there were more content that emanated from the Manhattan Center. But, you know, heck, we don't have any control whatsoever over that. And, and uh, uh, you know, I, I, if they did the whole show there, it probably would have been enough for some people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know. I just had a, I had a great time. It was a good feeling. I got there Sunday afternoon. And, you know, I, I got there in time to watch the football. And then, like, uh, I realized I left my iPad on the airplane. So, that was a panic deal. So, I it was a little adventure I took myself on just because I'm – uh, getting forgetful but, the, but what did aggravate me was the only thing negative i had experienced about the whole thing is that some of these idiots thought that uh you know Lawler and i were sleeping while the matches were going on in barclay center i wish i was that good a sleeper quite frankly <laughs> but the picture i saw you know we didn't have a i didn't have a place out there to plug in my ipad i had to go buy another ipad which is a four-hour deal on sunday afternoon which really was not a, what i wanted to do but in any event uh there was nowhere to plug in the new iPad, and I had to. Have, I wanted to use my Thesaurus app. No way, I haven't told this story, but this, I wanted to use my Thesaurus app. Uh, you know, getting some different words and some some uh, some things of that nature. That, but we didn't get our shows until uh, the final final version of the run sheet until after we had already got on the air. Mm-hmm. So I was a little bit limited on uh, the time to, to prepare better. So I was there when we were in break, uh, and they were having content at the Barclay Center. I was, I was on my phone trying to come up with some words to describe Bray Wyatt and, and Woken Matt Hardy. So uh, I, I was far from sleeping. But it's just so funny how the society we live in. People had rather run a million miles to tell you story of a, tell you bad news than you know take a limo and tell you the truth. It's the damnedest thing. Yeah. Good old JR Jim Ross with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Well, despite that, it was a terrific show. And you know what stood out to me, Jim, is is The Miz. Here's a guy here that doesn't mind being hated. And I wish that more young talent would even look at The Miz and look at his career from the beginning to where he is now. Loves to be a heel. Was able to win the Intercontinental title for the eighth time last night against Roman Reigns. And, And sure, you know, in today's society... You know how it is, Jim. You know, especially in New York, they're going to they're going to cheer with this, who is the perceived heel is. But I I think that that was terrific for him, and I think that he's had a, a terrific career. That's a guy that's must watch for me. That brings me to the television. Yeah, he's a very ambitious uh, young guy. I thought he he came over last night as a uh, on the fly call, come in and do some things while while we were in commercial break off air on, from uh, the Manhattan Center. And we had a chance to chat And uh, after the show. I, I bragged on him. I, I told him how proud I was of him because I said, you've gone from having the mentality of a slot receiver to the mentality of an outside linebacker. You're much more aggressive. Uh, you're, you're much more willing to take a chance. And uh, as long as you have that same mindset, uh, you're going to do really, really well, continue to do really well. His talking's much better. I love his aggression, as I mentioned. Uh, very conscientious kid. Very smart with social media. Does a lot of things right. So I'm with you on that, Jonathan. He's a that was a nice piece of business last night for uh, 
WWE and the Intercontinental title. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. And I've been I've been hearing a little birdie has told me that your book Slobberknocker, and by the way, as we have this conversation, go to Amazon.com and uh, be able to order Slobberknocker, My Life in Wrestling, the book that Jim Ross has, has written. Um, it's in a fourth printing. Is that true? Well, I don't know if it's physically in the fourth printing, but the commitment has been made by the publisher to do a fourth printing. So it's either going to start imminently or in the next few days. But it's a, that's, that fourth printing is a done deal. So it's selling very well. When we came out with my the book about my life and getting into wrestling and surviving it and all that, coming from a very, uh, you know, uh, gosh, uh, in, you know, only child environment, a little rural farm in eastern Oklahoma, to doing what I've done for a living is kind of crazy, and uh, it's hard to uh, fathom, but it's, it's just a really, uh, I'd like to think, a unique story. We have people that are interested in doing a movie about it, which is kind of far out, but uh, we never believed, I don't think the publisher certainly didn't believe that the demand for Sovereignocker, my life in wrestling, would would be what it is and would blow away our supply. You know, we had distribution problems at the very beginning through most of October and November. And then by mid-December, most stores started getting their books in, in the very nick of time. So it's just done great, Jonathan. It's, a, it's been exceed our wildest dreams. You know, after my wife got killed in March, I was hesitant to finish it. Uh, thought it owed it to her and my family to finish the project that we started. And I'm really glad and blessed that we we did that. Jonathan Hood with Jim Ross right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. As we talk about Raw 25, the 25th anniversary of Monday Night Raw. It's, boy, it's, it's lasted so long, 25th. And if you haven't seen that, you can go on demand and, and find it yourself on on your cable network. It was a terrific night, three hours of nostalgia and looking forward to the Royal Rumble. In that book, you know, I forgot to ask you this last time we talked, Jim. I'll just bring this up, and I want to ask you a few other things. Um, you know, <laughs> when you wrote about Bill Watts in Mid-South and the UWF, one thing that, that occurred to me after reading that and, and t- hearing you tell stories about Bill is that when you think of, of great announcers, play-by-play guys, or t- guys that could tell a story, you know, Bill should be in that in that conversation because the one thing I know about, about Bill – Watching going, especially going through the WWE network, a couple of things. You knew that Bill, you knew where he wanted to go as far as a story. You knew about Reaganomics in the eighties because he would always tell you about what's going on in politics. Yeah. So that was that was always part of it. I mean, you you didn't have to open a newspaper to find out what's going on in the news because he'd tell you. And also, if if talent left uh, left his company. He would say, hey, you know, it's not like over there at Titan Sports. You know, we had to run JYD out because, you know, over at Titan Sports, it's not as, as, as tough as it is here. I, I, I enjoy Bill as a, as a play-by-play guy, even though a lot of times he turned his back on you and did, and, and, and did his own thing. But as far as a storyteller, I think he's right in the team photo. Yeah, he is. He is. He taught me a lot. You know, his theory, his, the instructions to me were uh, broadcast pro wrestling like it was real. Don't insult my intelligence any more than the genre already does, and uh, treat the athletes with respect because they're athletes. And he never he, he did little things. He never referred to a uh, a the dressing room as a dressing room. He said actors use dressing rooms. We have athletes here. They use locker rooms. 
So the, we, didn't, we didn't use dressing rooms very often. It was a locker room. Uh, things like that, the little nuances that he did. But he was very strategic. Uh, he's a good storyteller. Uh, and he, one of the reasons that he was good at it, Jonathan, is that he believed in what he was saying. He believed in what he was selling. And it was his show. And, you know, you make 90-something percent, I'm guessing, of your income is made off of ticket sales. So he had a whole different positioning, uh, a marketing model, uh, different priorities. All that was different then. So the product you hear today on the WWE Network, which I wholeheartedly encourage folks to check out, if you're a wrestling fan, you're not spending less than 10 bucks a month on all this footage. I, I don't know what to say to you. Uh, other than if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. I get that, but boy, it's a great value and a great, uh, great asset for your programming. <clears throat> uh, but Bill's just Bill. Bill's a character. Bill's a he was a one of a kind guy. And Bill, like when I when Lawler and I used to work with Vince back in the Monday Night Raw days, so we were doing three man team, a ringside three man team. You know, Vince the same way. He knew exactly where he wanted to go exactly what he wanted to say, what information he wanted out there. And it was exactly like Bill. You know, I know what I want. <clears throat> Pardon me. And all that. Here's what, here's what we're going to do. So the great thing about Watts and, and McMahon is that you never knew who worried about who the boss was. <laughs> and you never worried about uh, getting a, getting an answer. Uh, you didn't have to, you know, the old, my dad would always say, you know, son, you got to get used to doing business. And talk to the horse's head more often and less with the horse's ass. <laughs> and so that's kind of what uh, I did with working with Watson and, uh, and Vince. They were definitely the horse's head. But for a guy like me that had a lot of questions, it was a little bit challenging to manage. And I was inquisitive and aggressive. Uh, that was perfect for me because it's, every day was another uh, learning experience. So it's pretty. Uh, it, it's it's pretty cool. And watch, you're right. It's, very few people talk about Bill's announcing, but he was really good at it. And that's why when we did an angle every now and then, and Watts came out of quote-unquote retirement, and he'd do promos for his matches, it was the, they were the best promos in the territory. Because he believed in what he was saying, he had product knowledge, and he had composition and structure. It sounded like an English professor, but he had, he's a very highly educated guy, very high IQ, and he, you could tell. And he, even though it might sound like it's a funny fit for wrestling uh he made it work catch jr on new japan pro wrestling on access tv every friday night with uh, josh barnett that's where you can find jr uh every friday on access tv i see it on my comcast cable new japan pro wrestling every friday night as jim ross joins me here on espn 1000 finally jim uh just between you and i because uh i want to know where i could find mr barnett uh larry z and tony Garia. can can you t- can, can you tell us where the Ross Report, as a fan of the Ross Report, where's the where's the Ross Report going in the future? It's going uh, to a new home, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we are, I just got off the phone with my manager. There's a lot of interest from a lot of different companies. So, uh, we know, we're not ex- excluding anyone. Uh, but there's a lot of new suitors in town. The game is changing. You know, we got 200 and, oh, heck, I don't know, 200 and, 10 or so shows. Uh, we own the library. A lot of things we could do with that down the road if we're smart. Uh, so we expect to make an announcement, Jonathan, hopefully this week is my hope. So then we can start with it 
uh, next week after the Royal Rumble would be my goal. But we'll see how it works out. We're not rushing into anything. You know, uh, I want to make a good deal. Uh, I had We thought we had an agreement with Podcast One, and uh, uh, that was rescinded uh, in the kind of the uh, in the middle of the race type thing, and that was I didn't like that much. And I I like to say that I keep my word. I already always have, always will. That didn't that doesn't stick to a lot. Of, that doesn't apply to, apparently to a lot of people. Mm. So uh, they were having some internal trouble there at Podcast One regarding uh, the founders, uh, uh, some things his background has passed. You know, and I just you know it just. I think we did, it was like a, a relationship, Jonathan. We just went about, went about as far with it as we could. The communication with me and the front office there was never uh, good, uh, but I was okay with that. But when you don't have a relationship and you have you start having some issues there, then you rely on what your relationship is to help solve your issues. And we, I didn't have that. So uh, it just didn't feel like a good fit after a while. And so we're going to, we're looking, uh, it's, and there's a lot of really interesting people that are talking to me and, uh, we'll, we'll figure that out. I, I just don't know where it's going to be, but I'd say within the next week or two, we'll, we'll be back rocking and rolling. But, you know, sometimes it's just, there's a breakdown in, in, uh, in a relationship just for whatever reason. And I think one of the reasons our relationship, uh, started to sour there was a lack of communication. You know, we didn't, we didn't communicate enough and, uh, I don't need a lot of, I'm not a high maintenance guy, I don't think, but you know, you want, you have three conversations in 205 weeks. I don't think I'm overdoing it here. Well, again, as a fan of the Ross report and many of our listeners are as well of your podcast, we look forward to that announcement and where that home's going to be because we want to continue to find out <laughs> where's Mr. Barnett. We want to find oh, out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's resting up. He'll be ready to go. after probably, <laughs> he, he may have some new friends and, you know, I'm going to, I've got some ideas, just some new features, some weekly features, some some features that can be uh, uh, enjoyed in a somewhat of a uh, participatory matter. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, news items, news items of the week, whatever. We're going to have some fun with it and uh, continue to do it lightheartedly. I'm never going to take our product as seriously as some of our, our brethren that are on the uh, online, uh, you know, just... I had somebody, somebody was, I saw on Twitter went crazy because Lawler or not didn't uh, have more work to do. And it's like they're angry at us. Hey, you guys aren't you able to hold up, you know? Well, yeah, hey, this ain't got anything to do with us. You know, we're <laughs> we're just calling the game that we're given. Right. Uh, and I was happy to. And I, I had no issues with that. You know, Hardy and and uh, uh, Bray uh, was a fun match and. Uh, Having and being able to call it from ringside in that building was cool as hell. So for me, it, it's a different fit, Jonathan, it is for a regular fan. It's just it's a different. I, I have a different direction to get there. We all go to the same place. We all get the same destination, but our our journeys to get to that destination vary. And our journey, all or mine, or was really unique. And so you know, I think we're just without sounding, uh, you know insufferable here but i think we're both very happy just to be part of the part of the the proceedings and be not forgotten so i was i was very appreciative of wwe took good care of us great hotel great travel 
as much as you could have great travel. It's oxymoronic, but <laughs> it was good. And they, uh, and they, and they had two huge successes. There were, I signed tickets in the meet and greet, and I signed uh, everything they wanted to sign. But I signed some tickets that were eight hundred and three dollars a pop. Wow. Secondary market, eight hundred and three dollars. I saw four, at least four, maybe six that I can recall off the top of my head. Because I asked this guy flippantly, said, "Hey, what? What do you pay for your tickets?" He said, eight hundred dollars." I thought, "Come on!" And he, and he had it in his hand. He showed me, and then the others heard it. Others behind him in the line, and when they came up, they felt compelled to show me their tickets as well. There were a lot of eight hundred dollar tickets in that line, so it's a. Uh, it was a big deal to a lot of fans, and that moves me. That's a that's a cool thing. And I know that's the same thing in the NFL or whatever, but, uh, you know, I'm sure the Bulls could would say we'd love to have some fans with the loyalty and the passion that some of these crazy wrestling fans have. And that kind of, that's where we experienced that last night. It was just a cool, cool place to be for a wrestling guy. And it furthers my stance that there's never been a better time than to be a wrestling fan than right now. Don't forget to uh, order the book, A Slobber Knocker, My Life in Wrestling, uh, written by Jim Ross. And, uh, Jim, I'm glad you spent some time. We just wanted to find out what it was like for Raw 25. And always, you have a home here in Chicago, so we appreciate you coming on. All right, buddy. Anytime. I appreciate you guys. You know, I, I love Chicago. I'm a, I'm a glutton. I like to eat. And I, <laughs> I always find amazing, not just good food, amazing food there. So, you know, and even the days when I did some uh, Chicago XFL games, that was one of my regular stops here with Buckus and Dan Hampton and not missing, uh, you know, doing some work with the governor of Ventura. But doing doing Chicago games with, with Dick Buckus and Dan Hampton on the, on the team was a dream come true for a football fan. Mm-hmm. that always grew up loving number 51, so it was a pretty damn good uh, experience. Everything I've ever done in Chicago, you know, that's where I got announced to go to the Hall of Fame in 2007. Absolutely. I mention that all the time. It's a ma- major moment in my life. So I thank Chicago and thank you and your and your listeners, Jonathan. I appreciate you very much. And I, I appreciate Jerry Lawler goosing you to make you sure you stood up and took your applause here in Chicago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I was self-conscious. I kind of wanted to sit down and, and uh, you know, I'll just be over here type thing. But that was not what they wanted. And, and they and they made the right call. It's a good thing. So, uh, good run, man. And, and uh, I just I appreciate everything that uh, uh, my good fortune has come through Chicago. And our book is alive and my wife's memory is, is vibrant, and she was such a big part of this uh, book. Uh, and then we're going to do a sequel that we're looking at probably the, the holiday season of 2019. So that's what we're hoping. But we've got the book laid out. we just got to write it down. Just write it. It's no big deal, right? Right. <laughs> uh, but we're going to definitely have a sequel, and we're thinking that the holiday season of 2019 is probably our best potential uh drop date so it's we're going to slobber knock our way right on down the road and see what happens <laughs> indeed it's going to be a slobber knocker my life in wrestling check it out uh again uh on a lot of different bookstores but definitely on amazon.com where you can pick it up